It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? I absolutely love this time of year and the excitement that builds as the holidays draw near. However, there is also a lot of hustle and bustle that can come with it that can prove really stressful. And with kids in the mix, potential travels or holiday gatherings, new sleeping environments, schedules to work around, it can be overwhelming. So in this episode, I'm going to share my top sleep tips when it comes to the holidays with family and friends. Hey there, I'm Lauren Angler, your fellow mom friend and pediatric sleep consultant of Via Graces. This is a place where you'll learn all the sleep tips and tricks so you feel equipped to navigate the ups and downs of your little one's sleep. You'll also get an inside look at our family's life as I share the real joys and tougher moments of parenting. So whether you're nap trapped, driving to daycare pickup, or you're enjoying a solo evening walk, my goal is for this podcast to be another reminder that when it comes to most things in parenting, All it takes is a plan and a whole lot of grace. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, so my probably most important piece of advice is try to keep things as same as possible. So the first sameness I'm referring to is your little one's schedule. Now, for newborns who nap all the time anyway, many of which are still cuddle naps, you really don't need to worry as much about their day. But I would still make sure you're watching the clock for awake windows, ask grandma to stop cooing with them and instead rock them on her shoulder or put them in the carrier and go for a walk. If at all possible, we want to avoid an overtired newborn who will then become a fussy newborn, especially in the evening. So staying on top of awake windows will be really helpful for them. For older babies and toddlers who nap more consistently and in their own space, if at all possible, try to keep their same schedule. If friends or family are coming to your place, that's easy. You don't need to make any adjustments. If you'll be at your family's house all day, see if you can snag a room and use it as their nursery for the day. If that's just not possible, try to plan a walk in the carrier or stroller or go for a drive around their usual nap times to still get some sort of sleep in. If you have an older toddler, they might be okay skipping their nap that day, but then make sure you plan for an early bedtime as that overtiredness will absolutely catch up with them. And for those littles who are able to get some kind of naps in, bedtime might be a bit later than usual given all the excitement and activities happening, but try to keep bedtime within about an hour of the norm whenever possible. Again, this is just trying to prevent that overtiredness that will then cause more challenges overnight or the next morning. I don't say all of this to be crazy about sleep and make you nervous. I say this as a mom of three who has been there, who has tried pushing things too far and paid for it, and who has also taken the extra effort to make sure sleep can happen, even when it seemed kind of silly. Because we all know what an overtired baby or toddler looks like. And we as parents are the ones who have to deal with that extra night waking or early mornings or meltdowns in the evening because of it. So whenever possible, try to keep your little one's schedule as same as possible. Now, the second sameness I'm talking about here is environment. So similar to keeping their schedule similar, if you're going to be traveling and staying somewhere else overnight or plan to lay your little one down at your family member's house where you'll be for just the day, try to make sure their environment is as close to home as possible. First, if you don't have a slumber pod, I can't recommend it enough. And I actually have a discount code I'll make sure to share in the show notes for you. Now, the slumber pod is not a tent as it does not have a bottom, but it looks like a tent. It's a portable blackout pod you can place right over a pack and play or most toddler cots, and it instantly blacks out their space. Plus, it only takes five minutes to set up. 
That way you don't have to worry about what curtains might be there, how bright the room is. This past spring, I traveled with my youngest, who was eight months at the time, for my grandma's 95th birthday. I honestly felt kind of silly doing this, but I absolutely set the slumber pot up at her house for just one afternoon nap for my baby. Now, yes, I could have put her in the carrier and hoped for the best, but I knew she would get the best sleep in her own space, and I knew that that would let me actually enjoy the family time instead of being worried about her not napping. And then we took it back down to set up again at the hotel that night. I was so thankful we made that call. If you don't have a slumber pod, there are portable blackout shades I'll also link in the show notes or just good old-fashioned foil and painter's tape. You tape it from window frame to window frame and it instantly blacks out the room. This isn't a great solution for just one nap as it takes some time to put up, but if you're staying somewhere for a few days, it's great. So not only do we want your child's room to be nice and dark, but bring your white noise machine, bring their sleep sack. If they're older and have a lovey or a toddler clock, don't forget those. Bring their favorite sleep books. Yes, this is a new environment, but having enough of the same feel and going through the same routines makes a huge difference. One last piece with their environment. If you have to room share while you're away and that's not the norm for you and your kids, Try to create some kind of boundary or partition in the room so that your child can't see you from their bed. Once again, my favorite solution for this is the slumber pod, but another easy fix is finding a walk-in closet or even a spare bathroom that doesn't need to be in use. Yes, I've totally done this. Or even something so simple as opening a closet door or moving furniture around like a chair will go a long way. You could also hang a blanket between chairs to make a visual barrier. Just something to help your child remember, yes, this may be the same room, but there is some sort of barrier between mom and dad and and the child. And then if they take longer to fall asleep than usual or they have night wakings, even though you're two feet away and it'd be really easy to just jump right over there, try to remember to remain consistent with how you would handle those wakings at home or how you would handle bedtime at home so your child knows you have the same expectations when away. Now let's talk about naps on the go. If you plan to drive a few hours for the holidays, I always recommend planning the drive over your little one's nap time. That way you know they'll still get a nap in, though it may not be nearly as long as it would be at home. Plus that's time you don't have to worry about entertaining them on the drive. If you plan to fly, know that you can make the best of plans and they just might not work out. I could absolutely count on my oldest to sleep on a plane, no problem, but that has not been the case with my younger two. Do what you can to try to help them pull out all the stops, but recognize that sleep just might not happen or the timing may be way off, and knowing that in advance helps calm any extra anxieties you might already have, and know that you can always get back on track the next day. Now I want to talk about how to handle family events and gatherings. One of the toughest parts about the holidays isn't simply the new environment, but all of the festivities going on. The big meal, present opening, visiting Santa, family pictures. In all of this, remember that you are your little one's parent and you get to decide what is best for them and your family. That might mean requesting that dinner is at 5.30 instead of 6.30 so they can still get to bed at 7. Or if dinner is set for 6.30, you may give them a separate meal earlier for the sake of bedtime. Or your family might be gathering around 10.30 a.m., but you might choose to come around noon so your baby can get a solid morning nap at home first. 
That's okay. Sleep impacts so many things, and it's okay to ask for plans to change or shift your own plans for the sake of your little one's sleep. Similarly, it's okay if you choose not to worry about sleep for the day and just kind of wing it. Some kids can handle that better than others, and as long as that's your choice, you do you. We just came back from a trip to Disney, which I'm excited to share more about on another podcast, but our 15-month-old took 20 to 40-minute naps every day, either in the carrier or in the car. Not ideal, and we certainly pushed her, but one, someone would have had to miss out on a lot in order for her to get sleep some other way, and we just didn't want that. And two, she was still able to sleep really well overnight, so it didn't impact the rest of us until we got back home and then the early morning started. Whereas if we had tried that with my middle daughter at that age, night wakings and early mornings would have happened instantly. It would not have been the right call for her or for us at the time. So again, don't be afraid to change plans or come late or leave early for the sake of your little one's sleep. And also don't be afraid to let go for the day and just see what happens. The good news is no matter what, tomorrow is a new day. One more tip when it comes to these gatherings. If you expect to be out right up until bedtime or later, consider putting jammies on before you leave and maybe even have one parent sit in the back seat reading a story, almost going through the bedtime routine so that when you get home, you can sing and put your little one right to bed. It's of course ideal to keep them awake on the drive back, but we all know that is not always possible. If your child falls asleep on the drive home, that's fine. Melatonin, our natural sleepy hormone, is working on your side at bedtime, so independent sleepers should be able to drift back into sleep once you get home and put them down. If your child seems to wake up more fully when you get home, just walk through the bedtime routine again, just like we talked about in our episode last week about the bedtime reset. This just helps remind them that it's bedtime, puts them down, and they recognize it's time for sleep again. The last thing I want to talk about is packing tips. Let me preface this by saying I am not your go-to person for packing lightly with kids. I'm not a crazy overpacker, but I also don't skimp. My number one packing tip that is super easy to forget is bring an extension cord. If you're sleeping somewhere new, you never know where their outlets might be, and you'll want to hook up the sound machine and monitor near your little one's sleeping space. Another one is pack and plays. I'll be honest, I don't love hotel pack and plays. One, they're tough to reserve. I've gone to some hotels that will let you reserve them ahead of time, but others give them based on first come, first serve, which just isn't ideal. What if you show up there expecting a pack and play, and they don't have one anymore? Then what? The other piece here is that some hotels say they have pack and plays. You can reserve them, but they're really mini cribs or old rickety mini cribs at that. I speak from experience here. So if you can't bring a pack and play or just really don't want to pack that extra big bulky thing, just know what you can expect when you get to the hotel or your friend's house so you can plan accordingly. Know that you can also rent one from a baby gear company. Oh, and definitely remember your own pack and play sheet because they usually don't have them. Now, if your baby is a big spitter, you might even want to bring an extra pack-and-play sheet or an extra swaddle or sleep sack. And of course, anything they would normally sleep with at home. Again, their sound machine, their monitor. If they're older than 12 months, a lovey. Maybe their blankie, their toddler clock, favorite books. I pack it all. I want to set us up for the most or best success possible. So one more packing tip. If you'll be visiting family, note that they might have neighbors or friends close by who have baby gear you can use. 
My parents have borrowed high chairs. We've borrowed car seats, even toddler potties when our girls were potty training. So while the control freak part of me likes bringing all of our own stuff so I know we have it, there are absolutely other ways to get what you need but still be able to pack more lightly. Okay, so hopefully in this moment you are feeling more prepared and more confident for the holidays in your little one's sleep as that's absolutely my goal here. I want you to feel like you have a plan going into the holidays, whatever they may look like for you this year. Whether you have a newborn, baby, toddler, or older kids, holidays are magical and can also be stressful. So I also want to remind you to give yourself and your little ones lots of grace. You might have the perfect plans and they just don't pan out. Guess what? It's going to be okay. Tomorrow is a new day. Or maybe the plan is, there is no plan, let's wing it. And then it goes haywire. There's grace there too. Tomorrow is a new day. Sleep can always get back on track and the memories you will make this holiday season will be beautiful. Now, if you're listening to this and can't imagine anything but chaos over the holidays because sleep is already hard on a normal day, I want you to know that one, you're not alone, and two, it doesn't have to stay that way. If you're curious how we might be able to help you, head over to viagraces.com slash services to see how Mora and I can support you so that everyone in your family can get the best sleep possible. Happy holidays.